Talk flirty to me. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Talk Flirty to Me. Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays, everyone. Oh, man. Um, Do you feel like um, the holidays are a good time to write and be creative? Or <laughs> Oh, to be creative? Oh. Um, you get work no, done? No, it's hard. This yeah. is a hard time of year to be productive. Why? Because of distractions? Yeah, I mean, from like Thanksgiving until Christmas right. or even beyond till like New Year's. It's just uh, travel and, you know, it's like you have a million gifts to give people. You have Christmas cards or holiday cards to get into the mail. Right. You have people calling you and people like this is the time of year people like check in and like they haven't talked mm-hmm. to you all year, but they're like, hey, friend, how's mm-hmm. it going? <laughs> like, Which I love. Like, I love yeah. catching up with people, but it's just a million and one distractions. Plus, it's like in terms of trying to be creative, it's also the time of year when there's all kinds of like promo stuff. So like you're more distracted with like marketing mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to, to trying to promote your business for like small business Saturday and right. cyber Monday. So there's like more distractions in that sense too. Hmm. You know, 20- I don't know. How do you feel? Cause you don't deal with that stuff as much as I do. No, I, uh, I think the holidays are a good time to get work done. Because oh we're so opposite. Um, the, op- the DC Comics, you know, ho- holiday parties, vacation times, different, you know, Hanukkah, whatever. Um, publishers kind of go off the radar and there's less communication during these times. It's almost like when there's a big convention in town, in a way, the whole industry is at the convention. If you're not there, then there's no one to check in with. You can just kind of get work done and plow through, at least for me anyway. Mm. Um, so when I don't have to check in with DC, and I know that nobody's at the office and they're all Christmas with their families or whatever. I can just plow through Batman and get a lot of work done. And then when my editors call me in January, I can be like, here's an extra bunch of pages I got done. You know, like I found it mm-hmm. very efficient. <laughs> yeah. But how, <laughs> who buys all the gifts for the family? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I don't have to do the stuff that, <laughs> you're not, that you do. <laughs> you're not doing that. And nah. I, I've booked our plane tickets. I've figured out our travel. What am I, a sucker? Why yeah, would I do that stuff? I know, exactly. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I find it I find it harder to stay motivated this time of year. And like right. and then there's there's parties for us to be going to in the evening and like mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know if like not to get into gender differences Here we go. <laughs> uh, but like if we're going to a party, I feel like I mean, I don't certainly don't have to start getting ready this early, but for what I enjoy and what I enjoy being feminine with, like I have to start doing my hair an hour earlier. <laughs> like I put on makeup and then in the mm-hmm. shower. And if I want to work out, then that adds another hour to that. Yeah. Whereas like you can roll out of the office, mm-hmm. take a 10 minute shower and be dressed in five. <laughs> hey, I'm and, not making you wear a dress. No, exactly. I could, I could do that as well, but yeah. I, I enjoy getting like dressed up and fancy. Yeah. So like for me, it takes me much longer to get ready. Right. By no, choice. By choice. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Not complaining, the... but kind of complaining. Yeah. <laughs> on one hand, because it was on the news the other day, uh, that office parties, um, holiday parties, what women and men do differently, basically what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the things that women have to do, professional women are worried about wearing the right thing. And is it too, is it too suggestive? Uh, was your boss going to take it the wrong way? Things that men just don't have to worry about. Yeah, I mean that was a really interesting broadcast on the news because it was it was very divided. Yeah. In the newsroom, as they were like talking about the subject, because half of the women women there were like, um, that shouldn't matter, mm-hmm. um, and then half of the people there were also like, 
you know, it's, right. but it is how it is at the moment. Right. Like it's men put on suits and they mm-hmm. have essentially like suits are an office right. uniform. Right. Like it's like going to Catholic school or something. Right. Uh, it's like having a uniform every day Right. where basically all you change up is like the color of your shirt. Right. The tie, maybe some socks. Um, but hey, like for women. out that sweet, sweet Christmas sweater and that flashing brutal <laughs> Well, if you're tie. going to an ugly Christmas <laughs> sweater party, which I don't. I don't think I've ever been to an ugly sweater party. Have you? No, we don't have those kinds of friends. We're not. Uh, yeah. I, that's one thing that I do miss uh, by working from home as much as I love it. I do f- feel like I'm missing out on what other humans go office, through. Yeah, office politics. Office parties, and... romances, or, you know, just different politics and drama that happens, you know, weekend <laughs> the getaway. Water, the water cooler drama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all that stuff. You know, what's it like hanging out in the, the break room? What kind of gossip is there? Like, I'm sure I'd want to blow my brains out after a, a week of it, but it is. <laughs> I mean, I, I used to work in an office and I, I was in a very like loosey goosey office. Like it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't like Wall Street, but right. it was, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to blow my brains out. I, I like it. I liked it for the most part. <laughs> Merry I, Christmas. I, <laughs> don't blow your brains out. Oh God. We shouldn't even joke about that. It's no, terrible. No, that's why I'm joking. <laughs> because we shouldn't be joking. You're joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we have very different, like how productive we are during holidays. Mm-hmm. Cause right. I have a hard time staying on track. Right. Well, actually that kind of brings us into uh, what we want to talk about. And, uh, this is part one of a few podcasts we'll be doing that talk yeah. about how to take your create your passion and turn it into a career. Yeah. So it'll be maybe, I don't know how many episodes it'll take us to get through this, but the at idea least, of like, at least two, I'm it'll guessing. be at least two considering yeah. I doubt we'll get through everything in this one. <laughs> um, especially since like Sean and I had like a 30 minute conversation before we hit record about where how to we tackle this, yeah, yeah, about how to tackle this subject matter, right? Um, because we have very differing—I mean, not super differing opinions—but we had definitely mm-hmm. had a different thought process on how it right. how it begins. Yeah, like the stuff that you were laying out was all great. It's about like specific things to do once you have your book or whatever it is. Let's just assume a product. product I mean, right. it's everyone has different creative entrepreneurial yeah. ideas. But. Taking that thing that you've done and making it into a career. And But I really wanted to get more into the stuff that happens before that happens. Well, and this might be the difference in our personalities because I am a bullet pointed brain person. Like I need bullet points. I need actionable items. Like what? What are you laughing I'm just thinking at? of the phrase the- that you're going to cut out blowing your brains out and then bullet point bullet brain point person. <laughs> I am a bullet pointed brain person. Yeah. Not a bullet brain. Okay. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so for me, like I respond very well when things are just like one, two, three, four, five, do these things in mm-hmm. this order and you will be closer to your goal. Right. Um, but you're more like, let's talk about like let's dive into this one subject and like let's really kind of mm. discuss and dissect how so it's just we approach right. it from different ways okay so I think you... one thing that i wanted to that we agreed to talk about was uh what let's talk about creativity first right because we are assuming that if you're listening to this you are in a creative career like a creative endeavor is what you're either right currently working full-time in or you're um aiming to be in a creative career Mm -hmm. yeah i know a lot of your book sales are for to other writers a lot of my oh like uh, like authors are the number one reader of romance like other authors you guys digest your own content a lot Mm -hmm. and so do we in comics do the same thing 
Um, a lot of people who buy comics are a lot of people who want to work in comics someday or at least entertain the dream in some capacity mm. or, you know, want to feel like they're creative or, you know, even if they don't want to get into the comics, they want to do something comic related, mm. I'm sorry, creativity related or whatever. Um, but yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about first was get it out of the way. Let's talk about creativity. And I, I think that there's a very specific definition of creativity that's worth laying out because I think people can kind of. They get a vibe from the word creativity, and it obviously means to be creative, to create. You know, the words like passion fall into it, um, what your drive is, what you want to say, what your motivation is. But um, so I had pulled up a definition for creativity from creativityatwork.com. I found a very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a website? All yes. right, creativityatwork.com. Uh, Thank know, you for your input. Defining creativity and innovation. Creativity is the act of turning new and imaginative, imaginative ideas into reality. Creativity is characterized by the ability to perceive the world in new ways, to find hidden patterns, to make connections between seemingly unrelated phenomena, and to generate solutions. Creativity involves two processes, thinking and then producing. And I thought this was interesting. If you have ideas but don't act on them, you are imaginative but you're not creative. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to state that creativity does involve action, actually creating. Mm-hmm. It seems like a no-brainer, but a lot of people will say, oh, I'm very creative. What did you have created? Oh, nothing. I'm just so busy working my real job. I have. Mm-hmm. So then you're imaginative, and it's okay. Right. We want to be creative because we want to be productive. Right. Well, and like, I mean, this is maybe a bit of a tangent, but it is... People who are not authors, mm-hmm. like people who are not writers, they've never written a book in their life. When <laughs> I feel like I get this a lot, you probably get this too, where they hear I'm an author who has mm-hmm. produced, you know, 15, 16 books. And they, they say like, oh, I've had this idea for a book. Oh, God. Yeah. And then they say like, why don't I tell you the, the idea and you can write it and we can split the profits. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm rolling my eyes right now. Yeah, I hate, like, I hate it's that. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's, it's never, never going to go away. Yeah. I, I went in to pick up um, to check on my car, my Datsun, which is slowly, slowly being built. And one of the um, body style guys is into comics. And when he heard I was into Batman, he cornered me as I was leaving the mechanic, the, the body shop. And he's like, I have a great idea for Batman. I think you need to hear it. I think you should do it. And I'm like... Oh boy. Yeah, like I'm not here to talk about Batman and just work on my car, man. Like, and I understand that you don't person people sometimes people don't get a chance to rub elbows with someone that's directly connected to a career they may want. Right. So you feel a need, you know, if you ever met Robert De Niro, maybe you'd say something to him about acting or I don't know. Hopefully you, you <laughs> Robert De Niro, I was in one movie once. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, hopefully you're professional enough to know that it's not the time and it's not the way you should approach it. And you're just yeah. going to come across as amateurish and yeah. not understanding how the industry works or how things get done. You yeah. Know? And I mean, it's it's also our job as people who are in the industry. Like, I'm, I never say that to people when they're like, hey, write my book for me. Right. That's not how I respond. Um, but I will say, like, you should write it. Right. You should write that book for sure. Yeah. One thing that I've run into is uh, I'm actually uh, having legal, there could be legal ramifications for even hearing somebody's idea. And it's something that um, a lot of publishers now would advise. So if you're a big writer for Marvel or DC and someone starts telling you their idea, you should probably stop them and say, listen, 
this sounds great, but you should do it. I honestly, like if you tell it to me and then if I accidentally work some of this into a script and you accuse me of X, Y, Z, it's just, you know, not that. Yeah. Or I mean, for all they know, you already have an idea similar to that in the works. And now I like. They think that you're stealing from them. Right. And I mean, that kind that happens all the time. It's called something parallel. It's like bad. Uh, Pat Oswald wrote a whole blog about it. It's called hmm. like parallel creativity or something. Oh like yeah, that. like there's the one idea like a lot gets of com- tackled by com- a bunch of people at the same time. Yep. Yeah, a lot of gotcha. comics have that where like they write similar jokes at the same time. I think Pat Oswald even talked about how he wrote a uh, hot pocket bit. Oh uh, yeah. And then Jim Gaffigan right yeah. came out with his, and he, first of all, he was like, it was way funnier than mine. But I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh my god, I can't do my bit now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it it happens like these parallel yeah. ideas. When I was doing White Knight, um, I had uh, a character called Neo Joker, which was basically a Harley Quinn hybrid of her becoming the next Joker, basically. And uh, an artist contacted me, you know, as I was finishing up the entire project, and they were just about to get going on theirs. And they had a very similar idea mm. of Harley becoming the next Joker, her being Jokerized a bit, I, I, whatever that means. Yeah. And I felt. I feel really bad because I feel for them. It's yeah, happened, it's happened to all of us. I hate yeah. that. It's it sucks. Like I wish I could somehow clear out and give the give it to them because I just feel. But in a way, like well, you know, I did work on this first, and I'm almost done. And I mean, also, I know. say to that, like there there are trends in markets. I mean, like when Stephanie Meyer came out with Twilight, and like the are they the first sparkly vampires ever? <laughs> Right. Maybe, but they're probably not going to be the last. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's yeah, it doesn't it, it matter. Just, it's like there are so many stories out there, and you know, it'll it'll be your own. It'll yeah, it'll eventually like you'll find a way to to make it mm-hmm. your story where it won't be derivative. Probably yeah, yeah, and that's what's you know the, specifically this definition of creativity that I just read. It's turning new and imaginative ideas into reality. It's character. It's it's taking some um, taking two things, looking around at the world. Finding issues that you can relate to and they're interest to you, and then spinning them in a way, an entertaining way, that your readers will appreciate your new outlook on these things. Mm-hmm. So you are sort of sometimes taking two things that don't belong together and making them belong together. Like, hey, you ever thought about this? You ever thought about that? You ever thought about how they're basically the same? It's like, oh, you know, that's <laughs> sort of what creativity does. Um, and something about sometimes there's something in the air. You know, there's enough pop tarts. Or what is it? Hot pocket commercials out there that maybe two (laughs) two comedians jump on at the same time. Or, you know, my book was, you know, very motivated by politics. And politics is just a huge topic these days that I'm sure a lot of writers, you know, have ways of writing politics into Gotham, too. I just happened to sort of get that idea first and pushed my book through and created it before anyone else did and got it out there, you know. Um, So that's what creativity is. And, um, it's, it's, I guess one thing I'd say to people listening is if, I know that you, that we're all imaginative, but challenge yourself. Are you actually creative? Are you actually creating something? Mm-hmm. And hopefully the, hopefully you are, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of gets me onto this next part was, uh, when you are starting to create things, how do you stay motivated and what is motivation? Mm-hmm. So I wrote, yeah, motivation is definitely like step one into, turning your passion into a career because if you're not motivated to create right the thing that you are right. doing and i thought i looked up the different types of motivation and i'm really glad i did because i think that there's a lot more to it that's worth chewing on than what i originally thought um 
So what I found was there are basically two types of motivation. And then there's a few other um, ways to describe motivation on top of that. So there's nine in all. The first two are the biggest two. There's nine? Good Lord. One is... Uh, <laughs> no wonder this is a whole episode. <laughs> one type of motivation is intrinsic motivation, which is internal. Why don't they just call it internal? They should. <laughs> <laughs> Using bigger words makes you sound smarter. Ugh. And the second one is called extrinsic or... External. External. <laughs> I just fucking call it external motivation, people. <laughs> so anything that motivates you that's internal is something like um, the need to get healthier, uh, the need to have a better relationship with your spouse, the desire to learn more, to become better, or, or whatever. Those are sort of needs that come from inside of you. The need to create, being creative mm -hmm. is... Um, right. Like people of... who say, like, I write books because I can't not write. Exactly. Yeah. That's perfect. Mm hmm and then the external motivation is stuff like money. Like I need to get paid. Mm -hmm. I'm motivated to write this book because I, I need money. I need to put food on the table. Or I need a reward. I need the the uh, you know the greatest writer award. Or I need to rub so elbows with ego writers. Ego driven, but wouldn't that also couldn't ego be considered internal? Yeah. So that's the thing. A lot of these definitions, there is going to be some overlap. <laughs> All right. But it's still worth stating them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. So those are the two big ones: external motivation and internal motivations. And then you've got the smaller ones. So three would be uh, reward-based. A lot of people are motivated because they're looking for some kind of reward. Um, four is fear-based motivation. Uh, maybe you're afraid of not uh, having what it takes, or you're afraid of failure, or you're afraid of you not paying your bills. And also that gets into external motivation. So there's some overlap there. Right. These almost sound like subsets into they, external yeah. and internal. Yeah. You, yeah. I don't think you can have anything you feeling as far as motivation is going to fit into at least a few of these categories. Right. But it's still worth considering. Because um, some of these, as I read them, spoke to me. And some of them I realized, that's not me that's at not all. That's not you. Right. Mm -hmm. So five is uh, achievement-based. So you're into titles, rewards, etc., which is also reward-based. I don't know why they have that Yeah, one, that actually. sounds like the same. <laughs> um, Power-based motivation. Uh, the desire so climbing to... climbing a ladder. Hmm? Like climbing a corporate ladder or climbing... Well, uh, no, well yeah. maybe. Yes. So you're, you're getting ahead of it. So give me a second. All here. right, all right. You're not wrong, though. Uh, so power-based motivation is uh, you want to change the world based on your personal vision. Um, seven is uh, affiliation motivation. You do well meeting powerful people above you, uh, and your goal is to move up in the world. Again, that kind of sounds like power motivation. It also sounds like reward-based motivation. No, I can see the difference between them. I yeah. think reward and achievement are the same thing. Like, okay. I don't even know why they have different... But, right. like, um, it sounded like power was, like, you want to change the world, mm -hmm. right? Like, it was more idealistic? No, you want to change your... You want to you want power because you want to take over in some way and make the industry more into what you think it should be, for example. Oh, okay. Or, and then what was the other one? Uh, affiliation. So you want to be affiliated with. So those don't sound similar to me. Those sound different. Like oh. that's that's more like a networking. Right. Like you're motivated by the relationships you right um, achieve in this industry. Right. Um. So then number eight is competence motivation or comp competition, being competitive, challenging yourself. Um, people are motivated by trying to be the best. Did it say competence? Because isn't that a different thing than competition? Because um, com I added on competition. Oh, okay. But being competent in it and also being good at it and then okay. being the best at it for me and then competing with others to be the best 
You don't think those okay. things are similar? I see the through line now, but <laughs> being competent at something is different to me than being right. competitive at something. So, right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last one is attitude motivation. You're motivated by personal growth, purpose, um, and you're interested in changing the ways you're thinking and feeling, probably because you're looking for happiness of some kind. Mm. Fulfillment. Yeah, fulfillment. Yeah. So those are the nine. I don't necessarily agree with all of them. Um, the power one really spoke to me, and also being competitive, because those are my mm-hmm. my two big ones. Um, and especially uh, one thing about motivation is it changes over time. Uh, so later on in episode two or three, we'll get to, you know, once you've made it and you're not afraid of not paying your bills anymore, what now keeps you motivated? Yeah, how do you stay yeah. motivated then? You're not motivated by fear. So it's a great, there was a, a band called Korn with a K. Their two first records were amazing back when they were struggling artists and hungry and angry and competitive or whatever. And then the worst thing in the world happened is you threw all the money at these guys. Mm-hmm. And some would argue that the next set of records maybe weren't as good. And money is totally like a motivation killer, creativity killer, which is kind of, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, it, it, I don't think it would be for me. Right. And well, it hasn't been for me. That's because, I agree. I, I was money motivated for a while because I just wanted to pay my bills. Yeah. But that went away. Now it's what drives you once you have money. Right. Because if you have your money, you're like, well, I'm not feeling creative anymore. And you're done. And the rest of the things that you're going to create suck or you just stop creating. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to keep going, then you need a new motivation other than money. Right. Right. Um, like getting a bunch of puppies. Yeah. <laughs> Motivated for Motivated love. by puppies. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst band name ever. <laughs> um, and it's funny. There's also a short list of motivation killers. And it strikes me as... Um, the things on this list are very problematic for people that work from home. So mm-hmm. this is really sort of something that people like us should think about or people who are listening who work from home. So here's eight motivation killers. One is envy. If your envy mm-hmm. gets the best of you. Two is isolation. Is really hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not good with isolation, then this might not be a career for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is uh, negativity and fear. Which is sort of related to envy, I think. Well, no, I don't. I don't think so because fear also has like fear of failure and fear of success, right. and those don't necessarily have to do with being envious of someone else in your industry. Right, right. Um, I mean, fear of success even can be more crippling than fear of failure. Right. Yeah. No. And you're, it's a you're fine line. Um, another uh, motivation killer is being impatient. If you're not willing to wait mm-hmm. to see it all pay off. If you don't have the patience to see it through, right, you give up. Uh, another one is experiencing setbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, as you don't get the sales you want, are you going to give up or are you going to learn and keep pushing forward? Yeah, I mean, and to like everybody experiences setbacks. Yeah, like, you have to. And I think that sometimes where people let it get the best of them because they they feel like their setbacks are special or unique and. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, when you start listening to enough um, people talk about how they made it, mm-hmm. I, they all, all did. And like the only difference is some of them didn't give up. Like right. the people who give up with yeah. setbacks, you never hear about their story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of the motivation killers I'm listing can be used as motivators if you are strong enough, if you're mm-hmm. willing to spin it. So envy could kill you or envy could drive you. Right. 
like are you kidding me her book sold blah 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 i can do better than that and now you're motivated right or your negativity or fear is driving you to achieve to prove that you're not a loser or whatever uh another thing that can zap your um motivation is having unrealistic goals or having no goals at all right like or for no the first plan. ever book planning to be a new york times bestseller right like very very rare right yeah or not even having steps to meet goals within the first year mm-hmm. second year third year whatever Well, that's the thing that i always found i'm sorry i keep interrupting no, no. um so like f- again for me i work so well be i work well when i create a goal i mm-hmm. come up with my goal and then underneath my goal, I write the three actionable things I can do to get me closer to that goal. Right. Like I don't just write a goal and expect it to happen because I've written the goal. Like you mm-hmm. have to look at how you can make that thing right. happen right. and the actionable items to which you can achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, the last two on this motivation killer list is overthinking something or overworking yourself. Mm-hmm. Burnout. Yeah. Right. Um, so what I, when I went over this list, I felt like I, I had two, two reactions because I want to get into creating goals and part two and part three of, of this. And my thought was there, I think a lot of these things in this list of motivations are giant, um, drivers just in life in general for what kind of person you are. For example, are you a competitive person? Mm-hmm. Does that drive you? Or are you driven by discovery um are you driven by getting paid is that just who you are you know but then once you get past all those big ideas it comes down to you working every day showing up producing something Mm -hmm. which you need daily smaller motivations to just keep going as well right so i wasn't sure like the best way to tackle it would should we talk about calling katana you as a person what are generally your big motivators from this list and then i can ask you what are your daily motivators the ones that keep you going every morning, so to speak. And are they different? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, it sounds like that's what you want to talk about. So, okay. I mean, the other the other thing we could do is like, I mean, you just listed a shit ton of motivational things. Mm-hmm. But like specifically the motivation killers, I feel like kind of going through those and talking about how to get through those okay, because that's a, that's a big part of I think right. like it's fine that for us to talk about what motivates us specifically and I think that's important right. too but in terms of like what you would do to get beyond mm-hmm. the motivation killers yeah um, okay let's do it so here the first one envy um oh, you, we've all had experience yeah. with this uh so give Tough me a story one. about uh how envy was holding you back or how you worked through it I mean I don't I don't know that it uh, when I got started in, in comics, I was driven by looking at books on the shelf and thinking, either this book is amazing, how am I going to ever be this good? Or looking at other books and going, this is crap. How come they're being published and I'm not? And I felt very envious towards a lot of artists. I felt they got lucky or they knew the right person. And you have to be really careful with that because that could take over. And I'm glad to say I outgrew that. But I know people in the comics that are still consumed by envy in some way and I haven't mean, managed to get over it. It can fester if yeah. you let it. But also, I there's um, an author friend of mine named Jennifer Probst. And she she's a great author and she's like a pretty big deal. She always says like, Envy is really normal. Mm-hmm. Like, let yourself feel it. Let yourself get jealous. Yeah. Like, we all go through that. But... Don't let it 
not celebrate that person. Like, right. don't let it, don't let it make you mean. Like, you can still be happy for someone and mm-hmm. also be jealous and envious. Right. Like, you can still genuinely want them to succeed and also yeah. want yourself to succeed too. Yeah. And that's kind of how she positioned that argument, which I thought was a really good way of trying to like reprogram your brain because mm-hmm. we all feel that. Like, we've all been envious at one point or another. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, she's saying, you know, it's okay to feel envy. You can allow yourself to experience envy. But don't let it stop you from creating and don't let it stop you from celebrating when you have success. And don't let it stop you from celebra- celebrating their success. Like, because that's, that's, that's point. a big part of it too, is like, you don't have to be a dick yeah. about it, basically. And positivity. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then there's one of these is negativity, obviously, and, and um, which is sort of related. But yeah, trying to be positive and, and just taking the high road if you can. Yeah. And if you keep indulging in those negative feelings um, or feelings of envy, then you it's not healthy honestly like you're not you can't deal with that forever eventually something's going to give so if you're able to just even fake being happy for them like oh good for you you make it yeah fake (laughs) it till you make it (laughs) also i mean there is something like if you can always well not always but like you can always try to reformat what you're saying into a positive way Mm -hmm. so like if you're feeling really jealous or if there's a book or an artist or whatever what have you that isn't as talented as you are Mm -hmm. who's all like very very successful you could look at that and be angry or you could look at that and say I know I'm really talented I know my book is better than this I know my art is better than this right so therefore if I work hard enough it's just a matter of time like if that person can make it Mm -hmm. I can make it too right and like look at it that way and again it's and I, I I just I love the saying of like blowing out someone else's candle doesn't make yours burn any brighter <laughs> yep. and um it's mm-hmm. you don't have to like everyone you don't have to like everyone's art or writing or books or whatever but mm-hmm. like you can still be tactful and you right. can still be happy and and proud yeah. of someone who's had success you know it occurs to me that this you know the idea of envy negativity and all that is is almost compounded by social media if you let it by yeah. being jealous of someone else's likes, someone else's followers. Yeah. Um, you know. If you take this out of the context of artists and creativity, right. there's lots of people, no matter what their job and career is, that have this like social media envy just right. because what we present of ourselves on social media mm-hmm. is such a sliver into our lives. Yeah. And it's this idea of like all you see is this like moment of usually happiness and pride that people Mm -hmm. are posting about like occasionally you get people who post about you know more sad or vulnerable moments in their life but Mm -hmm. like one of the biggest complaints about social media is like for someone who's maybe going through uh, depression or their own self-doubt or negativity going on like facebook and seeing all of your friends from high school posting about their kids posting about their holidays posting about this they post these happy pictures they look beautiful their manicure their pedicure blah 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 blah. and it's like these this assault of yeah but again it's like you most people only post these happy things on social media like it's really rare that we know this in our heads but it it, doesn't change the feeling like look how well everyone from my high school is doing Look at their beautiful kids. Look at that photo of them on a mountain. There's them jet skiing. Right. You know, it's hard not to let that get overwhelming if you start to feel like you're behind and then letting your lack of success or so-called how you perceive it Mm -hmm. really handicapping you from moving forward at all. And you, 
I mean, we're all we are all running our own race, um, and uh, you know. Then, like you said, you have to realize that those people who seem to have picture perfect lives on Facebook have the same kinds of problems that you probably do. Yeah, and feel just as insecure as you probably yeah. do. Sometimes. Everyone has that vulnerability. Yeah, I and mean, if you really took time to re- look into every one of these people, you would find that their problems are eerily similar to yours. Probably mm-hmm. they live lives that aren't that much different than what you live. You know. Yep. So. Um, next yeah oh the unrealistic goals i think is an interesting one on this list Mm -hmm. of motivation killers because this one to me says you need to understand the industry Mm -hmm. to have goals you need to be a scheduler you need to know what how long something takes you what how realistic it is for you to finish it by this date Mm -hmm. deadlines like this this one here is more involved than the other ones i feel yeah yeah knowing what is an unrealistic goal and knowing what's Mm-hmm. what's realistic and um and then like i said if you create a goal i mean this kind of goes into our next episode so i don't want to dwell too much on goals, right but mm-hmm. um but like if you have a goal but then you don't know how you can make that goal a reality mm-hmm. it's probably too it's probably an unrealistic goal right like if my goal for this next book was mm-hmm. to be a new york times bestseller well yeah. first of all that's unrealistic because ebooks Right. Don't really make it into the New York Times bestseller list <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. But like, the let's pretend for a second they are. Right. Um, if that was my goal, but then I sat there like hemming and hawing for a day or two, like I don't know how anyone becomes a New York Times. Like I don't know how many books I'd have to sell. I don't yeah. know who I'd have to advertise with. Then mm-hmm. that's probably not a realistic goal. That's too big. I mean, I... Right. So like I dated a lot of actresses and one <laughs> girl I dated, she wanted to be famous by the time she was 25. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that is a goal. Yeah. But you need to break it down into smaller goals because you don't just go from zero to famous overnight. Right. You need to, next goal, um, find actors who I respect, who like the movies I like. You know, um, finding small student projects that right. are on, on headed goal. in the direction. I plan on auditioning for 12 movies this year. Right. I plan exactly. on doing three acting classes at yeah. the Lee Strauss where, whatever, yeah. you know. Breaking like, it off into small chunks, yeah. small manageable chunks. Because if you look at like, my goal is to be a New York Times writer. That's not only is it unrealistic, but it's such a huge, you know, blue sky scenario that it's almost, you, you can't really reach it unless you start breaking it down into smaller achievable well, goals. Well, and it's not to say that it's not unrealistic, but if you have a goal that then you don't understand how you could possibly get to that goal, mm-hmm. then it is probably unrealistic. So like at this point, if I wanted to be a New York Times bestselling writer, that means I would not be able to be Amazon exclusive uh-huh. because any book that's in Kindle Unlimited or Amazon right. exclusive is automatically not mm-hmm. New York Times. So you change the format, change the genre. Right. Well, no, no, no. I wouldn't have to change that. I would just have oh. to go, it's called wide. Like I would have to be publishing my book on every platform out there. Gotcha. Okay. And then I might say to myself, like, it's unrealistic that I alone would achieve this goal. Mm-hmm. But if I team up with two other authors and we write an anthology together, mm-hmm. Now it's probably more achievable because we're pooling our audiences. Right. Or if I team up with these three authors and then on top of that, we make our book 99 cents. Mm -hmm. Now it's even more achievable. So like these are actionable things you can do to make what potentially was an unrealistic goal more realistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got there by sort of learning about the market, um, recognizing trends, numbers, A lot of research, a lot of development. Yeah. 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 But you're right. We'll get more into that in the next podcast. Yeah, that's next episode. But... But yeah, <laughs> um, let's go back to this one about impatience. Um, 
it's all in a way it's also goal related That's similar yeah because you need to wait be willing to wait but it's funny i always considered myself a very impatient person um i think being competitive person sort of breeds that breeds that yeah Mm -hmm. but you know in a way as impatient as i feel apparently i was willing to be very very patient for some of my more successful books waiting for the right time to draw batman uh waiting while i'm working with other writers building up to drawing batman waiting for when i could meet the right editor to pitch the right thing or waiting for the landscape to be right whatever Mm -hmm. um and not only that but drawing every day like i'm i just finished issue two it's not going to come out for over a year so i have to just put it Mm -hmm. aside let it collect dust and not not tell or show anybody really about it until (laughs) a year from now (laughs) that's a long time to wait and if your reward is everyone's gonna freak out and love your drawing of batman you've got to be willing to wait a year for Mm -hmm. that to happen and like a year is a long fucking time you know yeah and rather than like i don't you can't expect that payoff because it's not coming a year from now you have to find daily motivators to keep drawing the next panel of batman and the next issue of batman and then find ways to reward yourself or feel like you've achieved something and then when the book's published without an audience accolade exactly yeah that's that's, thank you that's better what i was gonna say (laughs) and then you know when the book is out and then you have the audience accolades great you can like swish over into that way of being motivated Mm -hmm. like finally i'm not crazy my idea was good (laughs) right you know um are you a patient person no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) because you're competitive uh probably that's probably part of it yeah i mean like again i i always thought i was impatient but then again like most things that i do like writing a book takes a long time (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you i well at least i can't write a book in two weeks um so like there is some level of patience with that right um but it's it, a lot of this is like a waiting game like you finish writing your book finally after however long it takes you mm-hmm. and then you have to send it off to an editor and you have to wait because the editor is getting you notes and then mm-hmm. you get those notes back and you have to make your changes and then you have to send it to another editor and then you mm-hmm. have to wait <laughs> right. like um especially if you're like a traditionally published author i mean you you turn in your book probably similarly to comics like and it's not out for another year. Right. And so you're just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And right. In the meantime, you just have to keep working on the next thing. Right. In a way, you you the achievements you make from when you finish writing that page to a year from then when it gets published finally, like what what payoff do you get to keep going in with lack of an audience? Like what do you get out of it? What makes you happy about your own work? What keeps you motivated while no one is reading it? No one's patting you on the back, really, except for maybe an assistant editor or a friend right. or something. Like, what fuels mm. you through that dark, dark time? Well, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a hard question. Um, and it depends because my industry is, like, so... Like, you have so many different types within one industry. Like, you have traditional mm-hmm. publishing. Right. So if you are traditionally published, like, you have a paycheck, which motivates you. Like, you get an advance on sales. Yeah. So even though you don't have an audience yet, right. you you know, you've been paid for a book that isn't out yet. So right. you have to keep going because usually it's like you are signed for a two or three book series. Yeah. Um, if you're self-published, you don't have to wait quite as long because you can release your book whenever you want. True, it's more instant. It is more instant. Mm. Um, and it's one of the things I like about self-publishing. And I'm kind of a control freak. So for me, I get to control pricing. I get to control when I put a sale up. Mm-hmm. I get to control 
everything. Okay. So you've kind of touched uh, on some stuff from my next question, which is what are your motivators? So you said control. Mm-hmm. I like control. Is that kind of like power? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember the definition of power that you had. Yours was more about power in the industry. You know, I thought it and was, but maybe that was the wrong way to say it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's not necessarily how I feel. Like that's not power in the industry is not a motivator for but the, me. But the power to control. Controlling what my you, career. Exactly. Is a motivator. That's the better yeah. way to say it. I should yeah, have said it. That's that how. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is, is an important I guess I aspect. meant for people who are listening who work in an office and they're motivated to succeed in the office because they want the office to run this way sure. according to their values. I think that's kind of where I was headed with that. But well, when you're a freelancer. We, we are our office. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Um, so you said you're also competitive. I think. What do you think? Do you think I'm competitive? I mean, when we play Clue, I am. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking master play of the Clue. Thing. You don't like to lose. I hate losing. Yeah. You know, I think being board game competitive, I know we're sort of half joking, but yeah. I think that's indicative of right. it should, <laughs> something kind of else. Character. Yeah. It shows your character if or, you're board game competitive. Um, competitive. I just like completely slurred that word as if I'd been competitive? drinking. Competitive? We yeah, are I erotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so would you say that those uh, motivations are more internal or external? Well, in my life, I think it's internal Mm -hmm. because for me, it's like me controlling my schedule, me controlling my Mm -hmm. releases, my sales, all that stuff that, that feels more of an internal thing. But if I was in an office and I wanted to control like, and, and re, um, like reallocate how we do mm-hmm. our inventory for the year that would be more external right i think in terms of me it's internal but i think that depends on who <clears throat> and what your job is right i don't uh, know is that a motivator for you or you said you are competitive yeah I, I you know you are. someone t- yeah scott snyder told me i was competitive too and i never really thought i was because um well all my friends in high school were all into sports they're all athletes except for me the artsy fartsy one <laughs> and you know they got me <laughs> to work out and you know be healthy and try to maintain you know at least being physically like them even though i was an artist and i didn't mm-hmm. play sports i don't watch football i'm not competitive like that so i didn't no, think that's i was a different type of competitive. yeah, yeah. Like compared to you know greg and all those guys i'm not competitive but right. i guess i am um greg hey greg they listen to this <laughs> oh yeah i got a shout out let me get in here to greg talk about Kristen. <laughs> the only ones listening i know that's <laughs> no one else listening they're like who the fuck are greg and Kristen?" right <laughs> but you know even greg said to me that i'm competitive and not in a sports competitive but just um he goes huh you know those guys who uh wall street who ran the economy into the ground <laughs> who were just mm. like what does the law say who cares this is kind of a gray area let's just fucking do it yeah if I was not an artist and you put me on Wall Street, I would have been one of those guys who ran the economy into the ground. Oh. It's, I think it's good that <laughs> I, I'm that, it's You would have been consuming. like Gordon Gecko or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> too competitive, not assessing the risks properly. Oh, you and your risk management. It, exactly. <laughs> it's good that I'm not in that kind of power because I would have just made some stupid mistakes or killed myself in a car accident or done too much coke. or Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> luckily I have a nice mundane career as a comic book artist yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I, I liked one of the motivators for me with white knight was i wanted to compete with sort of people in my head who probably weren't even aware of me like i wanted to try to be the next frank miller 
mm. competing with the idea of can there be the next Frank Miller, you know, or sure. being like Paul Pope and doing what he did, but trying to do it in my own way and um, keeping an eye on like, well, who else is trying to write and draw their own book? Who's mm-hmm. doing it successfully? Who's doing it at a major corporation and, and fighting for political um the power to pull off these things. Like, so there is a little crossover there with envy, but yeah. it's not envy in like a jealous way. It's like in a, I respect this person. Right. And yeah. if I'm going to, if I'm going to aim to be like someone in my right. industry, exactly. I'm aiming to be like them. Right. Like that's yeah. who I want to be. Yeah. No, when I met Frank Miller, I wasn't, you know, consumed with envy or anything like that. I mean, right. Uh, he's age wise separated significantly from me. And it's a different industry when he made a killing in the eighties than, when I'm working right now. So you can't even have. Yeah, it's not another, envy. It's called yeah. it's something else. It's like. But it, it was all out of or, love and respect. For yeah, what that's he did. what I mean. Look, when I was with him, all I wanted to do was ask him questions and sort of get raw data. Like, how did you do this? How did you do that? Right. Did you did people know that your book was going to be big? Or were you sort of working with a bunch of naysayers and suddenly your book was big and then they all had to apologize you know what i mean like questions like that right right (laughs) which he was happy to share by the way because he's just as acerbic as i am (laughs) um there's a reason why you gravitated to him (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of shop talk that not a lot of people can understand um because not a lot of people write and draw their own stuff when it comes to batman anymore so Mm -hmm. um so another motivator i have that's more positive than being competitive is um i'm motivated by and i think you are too discovering things and I'm motivated by communicating. Even mm-hmm. this is this is the this podcast mm-hmm. is I we looked up this list of motivations. We, I learned something. Hopefully you did too. No, and we're trying right now <laughs> to communicate as clearly as we can. <laughs> I uh, I love um, being interested in a new topic, diving in, learning everything I can about it, spitting it out in my own way, in my own art, in my own scripts. However, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and adding it to my repertoire and then sharing it with people. Like I really am motivated by doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, who was it? Actually, it was Kristen, Greg and Kristen. <laughs> Double oh, shout out. This episode uh, sponsored, yeah, by, Greg sponsored and by Greg and Kristen. <laughs> Which, by the way, Greg was in Off-Road. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, for those yeah. who maybe don't know, Greg it's was also a character. Also sponsored by Jeep Wranglers. Um, Kristen had said to me that, God, how did she word it? She said something like, I'm a student of life. Because uh-huh. like That's I good. I love to go and I love to like just pick up something I've never before known how to do. Like, like, like knitting. Knitting, yeah. I was like, I'm going to learn how to do this. And then I learned it. I don't knit a whole lot anymore, but right. I know how to if yeah. I wanted to. I usually make Bebop a sweater every year. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> even uh, I said, you know, I wanted to do a split by the time I was 35. Mm-hmm. And I did. Yeah. And like, there's no reason why I should want to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I just yeah. love to learn things. I'm like, what do they call that? Like a, um, a student of lots, but a master of none. Oh, oh yeah. what is that phrase? Like, that's sometimes how I feel. Yeah, like a renaissance. Yeah, like I, I just like of... to dabble in things. Yeah. I, am I ever going to be like a professional ice skater? No, but right. I would take some ice skating lessons. Right, right. Um, like, yeah, someone like that is very attitude motivated. They're in, motivated in their personal growth, their spiritual yeah. growth. Um, they're motivated by learning new things and just, yeah, all that stuff. They're not fear motivated. They're not reward motivated. Um, yeah, it's more of a, people like that tend to go more into charity and be 
good for the world. <laughs> Thank you. Whereas competitive assholes like me are usually bad for the world. But I'm competitive too. That's the, like we were watching um, roller derby mm-hmm. and I was oh, like, yeah. I so want to do that. And your need for reward. The that audience. Is, that is a need for reward. That's an actor thing. Like wanting the, uh, the audience applause. The applause. Yeah. So this is where you and I are different because I don't need that, but maybe you do. Yeah, I mean, do I need it? No, but I, I don't certainly need it. Like I want it. it. Yeah. I have to have <laughs> I it. Like it. If I don't get it, if I'm I don't gonna get quit. it, I'm gonna. I'm really unhappy, and so I, I hate e, the world. You need <laughs> it. <laughs> That's a Michael Scott quote. Yeah, no, I yeah. <laughs> for those listening. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Michael Scott. Michael Scott sponsored. Sponsored. <laughs> Damn it! Start over. Not cutting that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely motivated by it. Um, yeah. And I motivated by that from the time I was a kid. And I would like pull out my little um, mm-hmm. microphone, little walkie talkie microphone thing that we all right. had. Yeah. And I would like Not sing. Not we all, you had. <laughs> you needed to hear yourself talk. I would sing at my parents' dinner parties until my parents were like, all right, get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. Well, so a lot of people that are motivated by applause, for lack of a better word right now, um, they seem to be. Well, I think the, they get sometimes labeled as arrogant people, people who... Ego-driven. Ego-driven. Yeah. They need attention to be happy. They're sometimes annoying, shallow. <laughs> yeah. But Excuse you're not like me. that. You're not, but that's why I'm... Like, you're driven by applause, but I don't think anybody would call you arrogant or egotistical. I don't think I am. I mean, we all I have moments. I we all have moments. <laughs> I Like, it's, it's a tough thing admitting that you're driven by that, by, like, audience mm-hmm. approval. But there's not many actors out there who would right. not be driven by that. Like that is, if you're an actor, chances are mm-hmm. that is that is a thrill right. or like um what's the, what's the word like it's um dopamine release. Like you get you get a hit mm-hmm. of do- dopamine when you're right. on stage. That's the, um. So how do you maintain a healthy amount of wanting applause and approval without letting it get the best of you? I think is what people who have healthy (laughs) careers who maintain who I need uh, approval from the crowd. So I am ego driven, but I'm not arrogant. I keep my ego in check. Like there's that fine line. Well, I mean, you could argue that for me, I don't necessarily need the applause in my career as a writer because my hobby is still theater. I get the applause in a hobby outlet and I don't necessarily uh, rely on that. As right. a career goal, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know that I can answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my motivators is when I say power based. Um, that spoke to me, and that I don't want power just to shove my values in other people's faces. But if I get power to protect what I have to do on Batman, for example, then I'll try to get that power. I don't want people telling me what to do. I want to be able to do my vision generally unimpeded that's the only way to get that is to have power to control your tiny little world you know Mm -hmm. like i'm not there to tell dc how they should start running batman of course but if i have to fight to get power through sales or through you know being competitive or convincing the right people to give me a chance then i'll go after power but it's not because of my ego i'm not but but if it can protect it's almost My like you're world. protecting your like artistic integrity. Yeah, that too. There's like a side of it because it's not about ego. It's not about like so you can be the most powerful man in the right. world. Like no. it's not that. <laughs> it's like it's you have this vision and you believe in the vision mm-hmm. and it's tough when someone else doesn't believe in your same vision and, and how do you protect that? Right. And the only way to get it 
it's not enough to write a good Batman story. You need to force people to give you the chance to make it. You need to get the keys somehow. And to get the keys, you need to have power and trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the only way, the only reason I am interested in power is just to protect my small world so I can do my thing. And you earned their trust as an artist before you earned their trust as a writer, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't um, as interested in me writing. They didn't necessarily think of me as a writer, but they knew I was going to leave if I didn't get a chance. So they gave me a chance. <laughs> and then when the sales came in, they got to say, oh, yeah, we always knew you'd be a writer. <laughs> but yeah, they sure. didn't. I don't, I, don't, I don't argue. Yeah, like I'm not motivated by fear, money, or envy or but anything like that But there was anymore. a time that we were both oh, motivated yeah. by like fear of not paying bills. and Yeah. I mean, I, I remember there was a time that I think it was like 2008-ish that I I couldn't afford the move. Like we, Mm. we needed to move out of our apartment. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. I was like the only type of food I could afford was the dollar menu at McDonald's Mm. and, and I would have to split whatever I bought on the dollar menu between two meals. Like if I got like the dollar menu cheeseburger, I'd eat half of it, Mm -hmm. wrap up the other half and I'd have it the next day for lunch because I needed to stretch that money as much as I could. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because I did want to talk about money. Um, It's not just you want to get super rich writing books. That's really not what it is. Money is proof that what you're doing is valuable to another human. If Mm -hmm. you're not getting paid to do this, it sucks. And that's what kept me up at night for many years before I started making traction is how am I going to pay my bills? Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I'm doing all this work. I keep submitting. I'm not, no one's giving me a shot. No one cares. Like I can't keep coming, fueling myself to produce these things if no one's going to give a shit. And evidence that someone gives a shit is they pay you for it. They pay you for it. Yeah. Yeah, Your work is literally monetarily worthless. Yeah. uh, If you're not selling it to someone. And that is a really tough thing you know, setback after setback. That's, yeah. that's what's so there's, um, there's a really great book, which I, Sean, I know Sean has not read it, but it's called, um, you're a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. And oh, that's my pseudonym. <laughs> I know you did not write this book. <laughs> it is all about like universal intelligence and like the power of positive thinking. Oh yeah. Fuck that. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of value in this book, so I, I highly recommend it to read and, but it's all about that. It's all about how, you know, like the, the hold on let me gather my thoughts for a sec (laughs) that's not helping (laughs) it's all about like how um people's fear and like the negative connotation we have around money Mm -hmm. and overcoming that because how much that can like set you back like money changes people no that's not true you can't buy happiness well also not true and it's like rewiring your brain to feel worthy of this money yeah um, or feeling like getting money is selling out in some way. Right. She talks about that. She talks about how ridic- silly how silly that is. Yeah. And like a lot of people feel that way. It's it's crazy. A lot of people do. And like she has I mean, it's it's such a good book. I really recommend it. And like she also talks about how um someone paying you for your service is essentially what you just said. It's right. them saying like what you've created is worthy of this. And yeah. when people or like when you give away your product for free, Mm -hmm. how sometimes you may not know that this is what you're doing, but like you're almost insulting the other person by Mm -hmm. saying like, I don't believe you have the money to pay for this. Right. Um, anyway, I'm, I've gone off on the tangent, no, this but is actually I, getting I into our next 
reading it. This is great. This is a good time to stop this podcast because this is getting into, I think, part two. Like the more business, yeah. like how to exactly actionably yeah. turn your passion into a career. Yeah. And I think we'll get more into, um, we've talked about motivation as far as if you're starting out and you're wanting to have a career, career doing maybe something creative, this is all good food for thought. Um, and we'll bring up uh, creativity, I'm sorry, uh, motivation later when we talk about It'll once you've made it, circle. how yeah, do you maintain yeah. being motivated? How does motivation change as yeah. you enter different stages of your yeah. career? How do you maintain passion yeah. when you're doing the same thing day in, day out? Right, like, yeah. It, but I thought know. it was good to get the stuff out of the way now just to have food for thought because I think that these values and these issues are always going to sort of be in the background. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sean and I had a whole discussion about whether or not this would be the first <laughs> Uh, part one part. <laughs> um and yeah so as always if you have any uh podcast topic ideas feel free to write us in it's talk flirty to me podcast at gmail.com and obviously we're on twitter we're on instagram all that good stuff we're on patreon but we don't you know we need to figure out our patreon because like for the first few months that we had patreon we were supposed to be doing facebook lives and every time i was like sean do you want to do a facebook live like this weekend and you were like no i don't know so you're blaming me i am blaming you i every week for like the summer i asked you and you were always like mm, i don't know i don't want to you don't like that's applause you don't like, like video yeah i just i'm just gonna start random facebook lives and just great <laughs> be recording awesome um, <laughs> i can't wait so i don't know we'll we'll figure out that patreon stuff later yep sounds but good i hope everyone has a really good holiday for those who celebrate christmas or hanukkah um, well, Hanukkah's over. Oh. Yeah. So Oops. happy Hanukkah to those who had <laughs> celebrated it. <laughs> At least I think it's over. It. Uh, I, I don't know. We should have. Yeah, I wasn't prepared to talk about Hanukkah. 99.9% <laughs> sure that Hanukkah ended. <laughs> um, have a good one, everyone. Ma- Mazel tov. Mazel tov. L'chaim. Talk flirty to me. Talk, talk, talk romance. Take, take, take a chance to